This is a Wool Observatory podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Star Stuff, a space podity. Today we are meeting again with a uh, fan favorite from a previous episode, Raider Lane from the Grand Canyon. Hey, Raider. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, you uh, you were on a previous episode about dark skies um, in Flagstaff and in the Grand Canyon, and we talked about how impactful a dark sky would be. Highly recommend that episode. Uh, for anyone listening who hasn't heard it, because it is absolutely one of our fan favorite episodes. So thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And that's amazing to hear that that was a fan favorite. We got into all sorts of really cool topics about the importance of natural darkness in our world. And, you know, I think we left that conversation with uh, the desire to just talk way more. You know, we could have gone on for hours. So it was it was oh, yeah. a real a real pleasure. Today, we're talking about art, so it's a little bit different. Um, Raider Lane is a Renaissance man, apparently, and in addition to being a, uh, what was the title, a dark sky ranger, is that? Yeah, dark sky ranger or night sky ranger. Uh, Dark sky ranger sounds more ominous. Let's go with that one. Let's do it. I like it. (laughs) Dark sky ranger, Raider Lane, also uh, an artist, and Raider recently was in the Night Visions art exhibit at Coconino Center for the Arts, which we talked about in a previous episode as well. But Raider got a distinguishing uh, award. You were best in show. Yeah, that's right. They uh, have an international sort of uh, uh, juried ex- exhibition uh, every year with the Night Visions uh, uh, art exhibition. And uh, yeah, uh, there's a few juries on on the panel, and uh, they. I, I was very honored to have been awarded best in show with one of my uh, experimental night sky films that uh, I sort of do up here at the park as, as uh, side projects to some of my other collateral duties as a night sky ranger or dark sky ranger. And this wasn't your first best in show or your first award at a night visions, is that correct? That's true, actually. Yeah. And they they set it up. So it's sort of a, a blind uh, juried uh, show. So they there's they bring in new jurors uh, every year and sort of kind of keep it as objective and uh, as blind as possible. And uh, I think that's the way that I was able to win uh, the, the the award twice uh, for uh, two separate films that are part of a larger uh, series uh, that I do called the Night Spoken series. And so, uh, yeah, I was incredibly honored and, and uh, surprised to hear that uh, a, a different uh, film had won again. That's fantastic. So you're not just a dark sky ranger, but an awarded artist at the Grand Canyon. That's pretty cool, Raider. Uh, it, it is. It's very cool. I'm, I'm incredibly honored and humbled to receive those distinctions and uh, you know, it's it really is uh, a testament to how powerful the the night skies are in people's lives. I mean, whether it be 
the the presence of the night skies in people's lives or the lack of darkness in people's lives. I mean, both those extremes are incredibly powerful, potent, uh, and just ripe for exploring uh, on a human level. And so I think that's what a lot of these films are speaking to is uh, people's desire and, you know, just desperate need for the vastness of space uh, yeah. from that human level. And, and so um, that's what these films try to reflect. Yeah. I remember when we were talking last, we got way off topic for a little bit. I mean, off topic comparative, you know, this is a very casual podcast, so we can talk about whatever <laughs> we want to, but right. you and I kind of went on a tangent because I think I accidentally called it uh, terrifying. Well, the first time I saw the night sky, which I was, you know, I think at the time I was 26 or something like that. Uh, first witnessing the night sky. And uh, I think you caught that and said that, you know, you've sort of witnessed that before, because of course, um, I don't, I don't see that as much at Lowell because obviously I'm in a different department. I'm not an educator, but out there at the Grand Canyon, you get to see that moment with a lot of people when they're experiencing this for the first time. And it's quite magical. Well, that's right. And it's it's one of a pantheon of emotions that we experience uh, under just the profundity of of the night. And it's it's, you know, so so I, I'm welcome and interested in exploring that that vast range. I mean, it's 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 awe. It is wonder. It's excitement. It's joy, of course. But there's there is also uh, terror and sublimity and, you know, just that the, some of those overwhelming emotions that, uh, that come to us underneath a night sky. And, uh, I'm trying to, and continuing to try with this series to explore those, those, that range of emotions. And so, you know, the night spoken series right now is, uh, comprised of three main films, uh, each sort of, uh, uh, poking at a slightly different question uh, for visitors to answer. And uh, each one's just a, a little bit different uh, to, to uh, explore those different emotions and then sort of taken as a whole, you start to understand uh, just the, the range that we're dealing with when we're talking about uh, night skies. Uh, and so, yeah, indeed, terror is very much a part of uh, that, that range when it comes to uh, the, the stars. Yeah, it, it really is uh, shocking because, you know, you see it in like movies and pictures, but it's quite a different thing to recognize that in person. I know when I first moved to Arizona, I just hadn't had the chance to see a lot of landscapes. And the only thing I could think of was, wow, this looks like a painting. Cause that was my only like point of context for what I was looking at. Uh, it was almost right. unnatural, but still very natural. And there's something in you, like some uh, carnal, I don't know, like there's there's something in humans where it's just like, yes, this feels right. And this is amazing. And it's kind of sad that we have so many um, people around the world who who don't get to experience that at a young age when you're so full of that wonder and excitement. Yeah, you know, and speaking... Uh, with Lowell Observatory in mind, for example, I mean, because because Lowell Observatory is really one of the observatories to give us some of this 
this knowledge. I mean, we're one of the first few generations in the history of humanity to be able to couple the the aesthetics of the night sky with the the knowledge of its awesome extent. And, you know, so people since time immemorial have been able to see uh, the the beauty and overwhelming beauty of the night. But it's only been the first, you know, the last few generations. Uh, thanks to observatories like Lowell that give us a, a, a more accurate understanding of just how big it is and just how far away some of those faint patches we're looking at are. Yeah. Uh, and so we have just that incredible opportunity to be able to couple those uh, those two uh, ideas, uh, the, the aesthetics of the celestial sphere and um, and the, the the knowledge of, it ex- of its extent together. And so we really could be uh, having the most profound experiences of uh, the celestial sphere than any generation of human beings. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, with uh, together with uh, our, our growing understanding of its extent, we are also growing our uh, are uh, the problem of light pollution on earth. And so we're simultaneously veiling ourselves from the stars uh, at the same time that we're, we're growing to understand just how amazing uh, and profound they are. So it's, it's, a, it's a very delicate and interesting situation we found ourselves in. So, you know, you're talking about like generations and sort of looking at what our future might be if we continue on this path. And I think that's a really good segue to one of your videos. I mean, your videos, they're, they're very profound. Um, I am <laughs> actively working on convincing uh, Raider to do uh, a, a premiere also of his videos at Lowell. So yes, you know, at him in the comments and tell him we need to do this soon because it's so cool. But um, why don't you talk about the video um, where people are relieving a message for for a future? Oh sure. Oh, so profound! I loved it. Well, that was the sort of the first film in the series, and I should say uh, that the Night Spoken series is fundamentally an audience centered. Uh, set of experimental films. And by audience-centered, I mean, uh, the, the films are, are basically a, uh, a combination of visitor responses, you know, sort of a collection of visitor responses to essential questions that I'm posing to them. And uh, the questions are posed to the visitors here on site at Grand Canyon in what are called, what we like to call uh, pop-up installations. Uh, that is to say they're ephemeral install- art installations that visitors at the canyon are meant to sort of just happen upon. And usually they're unstaffed, you know, and so it, it relieves the pressure of a, of a visitor from sort of having, feeling forced to respond to a, a given question. But the idea with these uh, films is that they are art installations set up mainly during night sky events like Grand Canyon Star Party, for example, uh, where visitors out on the telescope field are enjoying the night skies, looking through telescopes, and they just happen upon, say, a desk with 
uh, a curious red light, you know, shining down on, you know, a poster or some uh, some installation that uh, poses a question to them. And uh, and then the questions are designed to be, you know, difficult to answer or, or come from the visitor's lived experience. So there's no real right or wrong answer. These are strategically uh, posed questions to uh, allow visitors to just talk from experience. So it's, they're not really yes or no questions or, with right or wrong answers. Uh, it and, feels very found footage. What's that? It feels like a found footage. Like, like when you're experiencing this art, it almost feels like you could have stumbled upon this as an accident years from now. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. And so that was the premise of the, the this first uh, 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 film that we were, uh, we experimented with uh, the, the, the visitor comes up and answers this question and, and at each film um, sort of the idea is to couple an interesting question with a, a clever or unique way of, of collecting the visitor responses. And so this first film, for example, we decided to sort of uh, have the installation be a little bit retro feeling, sort of maybe like sort of a 1980s, 19, early 90s retro feel um, where we uh, had visitors come upon a, a, a vintage at this point, we can call it a vintage uh, cassette recorder. Uh, so don't do it, that to me, Raider. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, look, I'm right there with you. Uh, but uh, you know, so we we set up this cassette recorder, uh, a little microphone, and you know, part of the fun of this is for visitors to you know, especially young folks today, is to figure out how to use this device. And uh, so they would come up. And they would they would see the device, and next to the device, the the first question uh, was something like, you know, uh, you you have been transported back in time from the year twenty two eighteen. So this was filmed back in twenty eighteen. So two hundred years in the future, you have been sent back in time uh, to a night sky sanctuary that is Grand Canyon. And uh, you're sent back because, of course, in 2218, the world is just inundated with light pollution and nobody can see the stars anymore. So that's kind of the, the apocalyptic sort of future, dystopian future we're painting about light pollution. So we, we, we asked the visitor to imagine they're sent back in time to a time when they can still actually see the stars uh, at Grand Canyon uh, during the Grand Canyon Star Party. And we asked them to leave a message uh, for their future society uh, back in 2218 uh, about just what it is that they've lost uh, with uh, the, the scourge of light pollution. Uh, so uh, visitors, you know, pressed record on the on the cassette recorder and they just, you know, answered, you know, what they were experiencing that night at Grand Canyon Star Party, what they could see, or um, you know, talking to people in the future about how just how beautiful it is, and uh, just how sort of sad they are that uh, we've we've sort of done this to ourselves in the future, uh, you know, ridding ourselves, veiling ourselves from the the night sky, and so you know, the 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 responses were 
Uh, some were very profound, some were silly, just having fun, some were quite uh, sad, um, but you know, curated together uh, into a into a film with you know some uh, some sort of longing piano music behind it uh, creates a very powerful effect. And so it's not only the visitors themselves having an experience, having to think about the question right there on site and come up with a response that hopefully gets them thinking beyond the installation themselves uh, itself, but it is also um, curating them into a film sort of helps to uh, inspire people who weren't there on site and inspire people to think about uh, the night skies in, in sort of a, a slightly different way. Uh, and so that was the first film that we created. We called it Night Spoken. Uh, and uh, the idea is to sort of, you know, return to this idea of, of, of us being a night spoken society, like a well-spoken society, or a, you're, you know, you're a soft-spoken person, you know, we, we want to return people to be uh, night spoken, if you will, to have, uh, uh, to be able to have those conversations about the stars. Um, and, and so that's the, the idea behind the, the title. Uh, and so that was the first one that got, uh, was quite well received, uh, particularly with uh, amongst us interpreters in the National Park Service, you know, we're, we're constantly challenging ourselves and we're constantly trying to innovate these new styles of interpretation, uh, new, new ways of connecting visitors to the resource intellectually and emotionally. Uh, and uh, we found that these type of, you know, when strategically used, these type of audience-centered installations can be can be quite powerful. And so thanks to the reception of those, I, I continue to make a couple more films and, and we can, you know, get to those if, if we want. Yeah, I, I'm curious, were there any surprises when you were listening back to the cassette or was it sort of what you expected when you started the project? Well, it was a joy to go through all the responses. And of course, I should say, you know, all these responses, uh, people are well aware that we're collecting them for these type of uses. I mean, there, there's, we have uh, sort of, uh, there are some films where I've had visitors fill out consent forms or others where it's sort of a tacit consent uh, based on them approaching the installation. But uh, so they know they're going towards social media use uh, and, and these experimental films when they approach the installation. Uh, and so it was a joy to sort of to, to go through all these responses and, you know, a good portion of them, of course, were, you know, young people, particularly, you know, clicking record and then sort of asking like, is this, how is this thing working? Like, is this on? How? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I kind of I like to, I infused a couple of those just as, as some jokes uh, in the beginning and the end of the, of the first film. Uh, but there was, well, it's oh. realistic, right? They're not from this century. So, yeah. you know, it, they have to figure it. There's some trial and error. <laughs> there's some trial and error. It was just very fun to go through that and, you know, have some of them sort of just like drone on and you can hear their friends giggling in the background. Uh, it's part of the fun of the installation. Uh, but no, I was, I was struck by, uh, by the, the, the deep thought that some people put into uh, the idea. And I was pleasantly surprised by how, just how quickly 
people uh, got into the 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 idea or the the the, the fantasy of the question, and um, and so uh, most of them were you know uh, responses that were sort of affirming the importance of the night skies. Um, some responses, which I included in the film here and there, were uh, just sort of expressing a little bit of remorse, but kind of what can you do type of attitudes, you know, uh, you know, we've, we're, we're, you know, sort of more of a, a pessimistic view of, of, of the situation where it's like, okay, you, you know, this is all beautiful, but I, I, unfortunately, I feel like this is going away and there's nothing we can do about it. So I tried as best as I could to capture the spirit of the range of uh, responses in that first film. And I think, I think I did a pretty good job of, of capturing that because I, there are just, a, there were only a few of those more pessimistic views, but overwhelmingly people were just, you know, incredibly uh, affirming of the importance of the stars, as I said. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the uh, exercise when you were younger. I don't know if it's just to kick off your first existential crisis, but you we had to write your own obituary. Do you remember those? I yeah, I really don't understand what the purpose of those were, but it was like, <laughs> I, I guess for like perspective or to just be like, stop being an arrogant 12 year old, you will die one day. I don't know <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. that, the purpose of that was, but I remember, you know, it was a, it was profound. Um, it is interesting to try to picture, uh, you know, just not having that available at all anymore. And it, it's sort of interesting since I didn't get to see that until I was an adult. Um, you yeah. know, you get to sort of describe seeing that for the first time where I think, you know, a lot of people might find that relatable, but it's also like, how, how do you describe that? It's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, words don't do it justice. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people were sharing your experience that you had, you know, people were having this experience that you said you had, you know, as you moved to Northern Arizona, you know, they were, they were having this experience, uh, experience for the very first time as well. So they were, they were sort of trying to grapple with, you know, the awesomeness that was above them whilst also trying to communicate you know, uh, as effectively as they could to their, the, you know, our future society in this, in this experimental installation. So, uh, that was another thing I noticed, which was just simply people grappling with that. And some people could do nothing but just sort of gasp and awe and, you know, and, and just say, you know, just exclaim the, the, the utter beauty of the celestial sphere. And, you know, that peppered through the, uh, the the film just added uh, such richness and depth to you know the range of responses that we got. And then when we you know slightly pivot to say the next film, uh, one that I titled Night Visions, uh, we slightly altered the question a little bit. And based on that slight alteration and based on exact where we decided to put that installation, which I'll describe in a moment, you, you have a completely set, a different set of responses that sort of, uh, again, taken as a whole, those two films, and then the third one uh, taken as a whole sort of uh, 
uh, add to this sort of you know, a larger scale uh, uh, pantheon of our relationship to the night. And so the second film, we decided to, to install that experimental uh, installation down at Phantom Ranch at the very bottom of the Grand Canyon. And uh, this one, we, we set up, again, coupling an interesting question with a unique way of sort of collecting the visitor responses uh, based on the spirit of the question and maybe where, where the installation is. Uh, we decided to set up this wildlife camera, uh, a motion-centered wildlife camera in this uh, sort of uh, abandoned or, or not used at the time campsite down at Phantom Ranch. And sort of people would see a sign as they walked by this campsite and it would explain the entire installation. And if they wanted to approach it, they they sort of knew exactly what they were getting into by the time they sat down uh, in the chair in front of the wildlife camera sort of a, a night vision um, wildlife camera, uh, they knew what they were getting into. So they, they would sit down and see underneath the wildlife camera, the question. And uh, it was based off of a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, uh, which- Yes, I was gonna mention that. I love Ralph Waldo Emerson. So oh. very cool that you included that. <laughs> He is the, he's, you know, one of the great nature writers uh, and, you know, uh, sort of people who started to spearhead the idea of um, us protecting special places like national parks. Uh, and he said, uh, quote, if the stars should appear one night in a thousand years, how would men believe and adore and preserve for many generations the remembrance of the city of God, which had been shown? But every night come out these envoys of beauty and light the universe with their admonishing smile. And so we had people sort of reflect on that quote. And then we asked them, you know, if this were the last night in a thousand years that you could see the stars, how would you want to remember them? So close in, in spirit to the first question of the first film, but slightly different, particularly upon reflecting on this uh, more poetic, uh, more spiritual quote from Emerson, which uh, sort of gave the second film its, uh, its, its, its sort of its threads, its themes. Uh, whereas the first film was more science fiction-y, this one was was more poetic, and it reflect and the responses reflected that quite interestingly. Yeah, I uh, noticed they were very different than the first. The responses yeah. were different, or the the kind of somber. I feel like people were more in the moment. I guess in the second one. Indeed, they were more in the moment. You know, these were people who were having an experience in the backcountry of the Grand Canyon, you know, truly out there in the wilderness. And um, with the quote, with the poetry, we tended to get a lot more poetic responses. Um, there was one gentleman who reflected on a poem he hadn't, you know, recited in something like 50 years. Um, it's something he wrote when he was a child. And he he conjured that poem up and recited it for for uh, the the installation and uh, that is definitely in the final film in snippets uh, mm -hmm. and um, and and sort of all as sort of reflecting more on that spiritual nature of the night skies uh, and again that one was both 
you know, light and dark with, with respect to the responses. There are, there are people who are just saying, I'm, I'm actually afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of this, the, the night. And, um, it, it, it doesn't bring me comfort. It brings me, it brings me fear. And there were, there were others that were, again, just sort of caught within the rapture of the night skies in that moment and could only, only reflect, uh, in that sort of very basal sense of, of awes and gasps and things like that. So that was a, 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 a different, we took a different approach with that film and gave it a slightly different tone, a little spookier, you know, I sort of decided to, decided to infuse a lot of, you know, nocturnal animal uh, wildlife imagery into that film that were all, you know, taken by that same wildlife camera. And, um, and, and sort of give it a, a slightly different uh, uh, musical bend with sort of more of the uh, this sort of uh, classical opening theme and uh, end, end that film with a, a more sublime and sort of rapturous ending. So that the, the thrust of that film kind of goes from spooky, scary, you know, very on edge to sort of just the idea of just, you know, taking all those responses as a whole and, and accepting, you know, the rapturous nature of the night skies with this big climactic ending. Um, and I so, will say this video made me emotional out of, I say out of the three, this one actually got me <laughs> a little oh, bit. It good. hit me in the feels a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. I, the the people yeah very I'm I love poetry um I'm sure I don't know if you remember our last conversation I'm an English major I love this the existential the, the poet the the poet that's within everyone right and I love that you were able to to bring that out of people in this experience and mm. um you know I think even one of the women if I'm if I remember correctly she had to stop because she was like I have to stop because I'm I'm getting sad Right. Yeah. Yes. I do remember that she, she did. And we, we did, we did, we did include that in the final film and she just, yeah, I remember she just says, you know, yeah, I gotta, this, this question makes me too sad to respond to in a way. And, and, you know, she got up and I believe she got up and walked away. Like we did. She left. Edit. She walked yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. walked out. And that in itself is, telling and a, a beautiful part of the story that we're trying to uh to glean from our visitors and um and so again the, these 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 stories these uh these films uh, are are mainly centered on the experiences of visitors and are sort of saying that it's not it's not necessarily all about uh the park ranger or the interpreter or educator standing up and telling people uh, in, in a talk or a program, Hey, you know, uh, this is what, this is what could happen if the night skies, you know, disappear, or this is the threats that we're facing. You know, it's more of that experiential, um, uh, type of, uh, installation and affirming the, uh, importance of, uh, including visitors thoughts and feelings into the conversation about our public lands. And so they, they are, this idea of audience-centered experiences are 
somewhat a new idea in the national parks. And we're, we're, we're experimenting here and there, uh, trying to find uh, the best ways to implement this. With respect to my own journey through this type of interpretation uh, and and art, really, um, I uh, my personal favorite one was was the the third film that uh, so far, anyways, that has um, uh, recently won the best in show there at Night Visions at the Coconino Center for the Arts uh, this year, which was uh, a film titled Night Requiem and. Uh, this one again, it took on a slightly, uh, slightly different uh, 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 theme than the other two. Uh, this one's a little bit heavier, a little bit more somber, uh, and but but certainly, I think one of the more emotional films of the three, where in the last on-site Grand Canyon Star Party, we set up instead of a cassette recorder we set up a a vintage rotary phone and uh again part of part of the joy just having people try to figure out how to use a rotary phone was was really fun but the phone was just set up out there and we we installed a special phone line where visitors all only had to uh had to dial star um s-t-a-r I believe it was like seven eight two seven or something, and they would call the the uh, the message machine, and the the message machine itself would say um, something like, uh, "You you know, many cultures believe that when their loved ones pass away, they become stars." And so we asked visitors to look up into the night sky and speak to somebody that they loved who they have lost. Um, and you know, and that pick was out a motif in a lot of the other videos. I noticed that religion kept coming up with people quite a bit um, throughout the videos, and people's connection uh, with this religious experience with the stars, which makes it uh, unique science, right? Because we have um, a lot of sciences where you know, I think you can be a scientist, but then it's not like you don't have a necessarily a religious moment with the microbe but you look up at right. the stars and you can have this religious experience i mean the night skies it's that swath between science and religion i mean it's where it's it's one of the most numinous aspects of the natural world and you know people often do think of it as that sort of that gradient where the natural world ends and you know the the religious and the spiritual world begins um and so particularly with the third film uh especially when you have people talking you know in the first person to their dead relatives or loved ones uh yeah you absolutely get uh this this religious and spiritual overtone um which was of course pre present through all all the films and again yeah that's exactly what you're 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 exactly right i mean the the, the night skies you know apart from being one of the large pillars of the natural world from which all 
culture is drawn. I mean, religion and um, art and, uh, you know, mysticism, uh, it, you know, it is aesthetically just uh, an, a profound, a profound thing to, to, to look at uh, because, you, you know, again, you're just confronted with the, the universe sort of proclaiming this is what is, you know, these white orbs sort of mysteriously levitate in the void. And, you know, when you're confronted with thousands of them and they form patterns that reflect our own humanity, uh, you, there's very few other directions people tend to go than um, to sort of look outward up at the skies, but simultaneously look inward into, um, you know, the limits of their own spiritual journey or, or just where they are in life. And so um, that's a profound value that the night skies have for humanity and, you know, losing the night skies to light pollution uh, in a way is, you know, it's, it's for a lot of people akin to, you know, taking down the walls of a cathedral or, 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 or something of that nature. Uh, right. so, we all have a, a, like my grandmother was like, oh, I'll be in the North Star. Or they always tell you like, well, if you want to think of me, look here. And if we don't have that, we lose that connection to someone from a past generation that did. Yes. That's beautiful that your grandma says that or said that. Yeah. And, you know, personally for me, every time I lose somebody that I love in my life, um, I, because I love looking at the scars, because I love studying the names and the patterns, uh, the constellations, uh, etc. I, I I tend as best I can to match, you know, somebody's personality with a specific star or a star within a particular constellation that makes me think of that person. And I love um, that so much. I'm going to feel that. <laughs> it's my oh, good. <laughs> I'm just Great. Kidding. Well, I encourage, I, I, encourage I encourage everybody to do it. And um, unfortunately, as you get older and older, you know, the, the night sky is populated with more and more people uh, that you, you miss. Uh, but, you know, I can look up at the night sky, go out and say hello to these, these people that I, I love that I miss. And that is, that was the whole spirit of this third film uh, was right, to, yeah. was to get people to do that. And, you know, it was, it was frankly, very difficult for me to, to make that film. I mean, the amount of times I, just in going over it over and over, um, the amount of times I would tear up and, and, or break down a little bit, you know, trying to put all these responses together in a way that was both as respectful as I could be to these people having these profound experiences, uh, with the stars, um, and have it resonate with people, uh, who, uh, would watch the film was an, a, a difficult task, but it, I, I think I, I, I just, I want to say that I tried as best as I could to be respectful of, of how sensitive that all was. 
And again, well, you these definitely people, did a good job because that was your second award, right? This third video. It was, yeah. This was, um, and these are, by the way, all available on on Grand Canyon's YouTube channel, and we have a specific web page on Grand Canyon National Park's website that um, contains them all. But, uh, but yes, I think the jurors resonated with it. I think uh, a lot of the uh, visitors to the exhibition have resonated with it because it is fundamentally one of the more uh, uh, human driven. Uh, of the of the three films, I mean, just really resonating with people on that deep emotional, spiritual level. And I was shocked and grateful, and just uh, really just in awe of of everybody's willingness to share just how uh, important this this idea could be for people um, as we go through life. And it's, again, just speaks to yet another reason why we ought to be preserving the night skies from artificial light at night. And we should be re returning the night skies to their most natural form. Well, so tell that me about people... this third video. I'm really uh, curious. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit in, in your editing process, but mm -hmm. what was the setup for this one? So this one again was the the uh, the rotary phone set up there outside of Grand Canyon Star Party. They would they would dial star S T A R on the phone and sort of ask. Or, and the the question in the message machine was, you know, uh, speak to somebody. Look up, pick out a special star in the sky and speak to somebody that you love that you have lost. And that was the whole prompt. That was the installation. And so it pretty, wasn't specifically for people who had a star that they've already identified with them. You were just asking them to reflect on someone that they loved while looking at the stars. Like to make that connection if they didn't have they hadn't already. Is that right? Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, they were actively finding a star for and and you know then speaking to that person as if they you know speaking to that star as if they were that person and leaving them a message and uh, on this phone and so uh yeah this this the idea behind that was to hopefully have people continue that practice through their lives and realize that it could be quite a profound thing to to do uh but these were people who are who were actively having that experience and that's what you hear in those the all the responses of night requiem so again taken all together uh with some a nice piano music in the background and you know imagery of the night skies um, and then within that film as well we combined old home video footage of people visiting the grand canyon and sort of having experiences sort of uh with their family and and friends and so you know you combine all those aspects together and uh it it created a, qu a quite powerful uh sort of uh explanation a, a powerful sort of um synthesis of the themes of you know protecting the night sky because our loved ones are up there Okay, so I have a I have a question. Out of out of the three videos that you've put together, so two won awards, um, and obviously are were loved by the art community here, uh, probably 
created very, very profound experiences for all the visitors at the Grand Canyon. But I'm curious for you, uh, which one was the most impactful personally? Uh, I would say probably this third one was the most impactful. Uh, I think I both from a uh, just a technical level of you know getting better and better at editing them together and sort of getting the idea of what works and what doesn't work. Um, I think uh, just the nature of the question itself resonated with me a little bit. Um, so on a more emotional level, I think I just I, I connected with this one more. I spent a little bit more time on this one. It's a little bit longer than the other two. Uh, so I, I do consider this one my uh, from from my own, for my own experience, um, my favorite one. But everybody's got uh, people who come up to me and you know uh, comment on the films. Seem to all have different favorite ones, and and hopefully I'm not I'm not finished. I mean these these largely were you know started started to be created at the beginning uh, right before the the pandemic, and so now that the dust is hopefully settling a little bit on on that, um, there are. Uh, just a myriad of other questions and ideas uh, for installations that we hope to be able to do in in the future um, in in the coming year um, that I'm really excited about and uh, and hopefully we can continue the this audience centered series uh, in perpetuity because I I certainly have fun making them and I think they're you know a, a great way for visitors to connect to the night skies. And I'm curious, when you were um, putting these experiments and these projects together, did you do the recordings also? You know, I didn't. And I, you know, this is this is also a little bit out of character for me uh, talking about uh, the films, you know, myself. And I really appreciate uh, you having me on to, to speak about them. It goes a little bit against my nature. And I tend to... Uh, I tend to like to be behind the camera and sort of let everybody else speak um, for these. So I didn't, I didn't actually respond to any of them myself. Um, like, like I said, I, I've got all year long as a park ranger interpreter up here to take the stage and to talk about all the things I'm really interested in to visitors and help connect them that way. But this was these these films were all about everybody else and what what their ideas are. And so I, I, I did not participate in any of them, but certainly a lot of my colleagues did. And I could hear a lot of my colleagues uh, in, in several of these films. And uh, I think that that was an important thing for them to be able to, to respond as well. So it's a mixture of everybody, visitors and rangers alike, you know, all, all expressing their ideas and feelings about the night sky. So it's great to step back and actually just facilitate that. So I am curious um, because I, and I know that we've, we've talked about this plenty, but um, you know, if you, if you had a, a 30 second or a one minute message to the future, for example, what, what would you say based on the perspective you have as a dark sky ranger now? Well, I, I, again, I think I would I would echo a lot of what we had been talking about uh, in this conversation here. In that, uh, you know, the the night skies have been with us since time immemorial. It, every human being in the history of human beings have been able to uh, to 
to sit underneath infinity and let that shape their well-being and their sense of spirituality and uh, their relationships with people here on earth right now. Uh, and so the night skies go far beyond the simple aesthetics, powerful as those aesthetics are, uh, the night skies are one of the main pillars of the natural world from which all culture is drawn and part of our awe and appreciation and wonder for the night skies are informed by and dependent on cultural understandings. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, the single greatest reflection of humanity uh, there ever was at our behest every night. Uh, so long as we don't, uh, we don't put too much light pollution up in the sky, we'll be able to have that. And, and so um, I just hope that us moving into the future, we take natural darkness and the stars uh, seriously as something that we, we all value in both uh, the natural and the cultural world. And so uh, limiting our artificial light at night is something that is relative to other aspects of pollution on the planet, pretty easy to do. And uh, we can reveal back sort of the, the, all the profundities that we've been talking about in this episode. Uh, and, and so that anybody, wherever they are, can go out at night and, uh, and, and see the Milky Way and see thousands of stars above them and, and really connect uh, in, in, in the myriad ways that we're able to connect with the night skies. So that would be my hope uh, for the future. And I thought it was interesting when we did our uh, partnership video, Lowell Observatory and the Grand Canyon Conservancy did a video for the Conservancy's YouTube page. And we had Jeff Hall kind of talk about, uh, Jeff Hall's the director of Lowell, Mm -hmm. um, talk about preserving the night sky. And, and one thing he mentioned was the, um, the satellites are, are mm -hmm. also becoming uh, something that sort of interfere with mm -hmm. that experience of the night sky. And, um, you know, you know, you might see it, you might think it's a shooting star. You, you might not notice it if you look up, but we're headed toward a generation where we're getting more and more of these satellites that um, sort of, perturb the research that we're, you know, using right. telescopes from earth to observe space. Uh, you know, there are so many levels to it and so many different perspectives. So I, you know, a lot you know of that out there, but it's, it's fascinating how, how much work there is to do and also how easy it is to make small changes in your own home to be a part of that effort. Absolutely. And, you know, my mind starts thinking immediately when you mentioned that, you know, the emergent sort of space light pollution problem uh, is to think of ways to ask that as a question to visitors. That that could be a fantastic premise for one of these future films in the Night Spoken series is just grappling with that idea of we like Internet, we like to be connected but we also like natural night skies and how, how do we, how do we walk that fine line? Uh, and so 
the, the challenge there is to ask that in a, a very thought provoking way. And, uh, and that's the, the mission with the, um, with the night spoken series. So that's a great idea for a future one. We'll have to think about that a little more. We'll have to get you up at Lowell to do one when they are at the, at the observatory. Ooh, I like that. That's a great idea. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'd be happy to facilitate that. Nice. Well, um, you know, I do, obviously this is, um, also in promotion of your work with night visions, but you've won several awards with the night spoken video series, which as you said, you can find them on the grand Canyon website at nps.gov, but, uh, you've, you've won an award from the national park service, uh, the, the Freeman Tilden award in 2019, you got Best of Show in 2019, uh, Night Visions, and then obviously again this year, you were the official selection for the Flagstaff Mountain Film Festival. This project also won recognition as official selection at the Tucson Film and Music Festival. And uh, again in 2022, another official selection from the Flagstaff Mountain Film Festival. So, you know, um, this is, everyone needs to go watch these. They're absolutely incredible. Um, we will drop a link, uh, if that's okay to, to all of these videos in our discord for those listening who want an easy way to experience these projects. But, um, what do you think your next project is Raider? Well, thank you so much, Cody, for, uh, all the accolades. And, uh, I, I highly encourage people to watch them. It would be a, an honor if, if people would. Uh, so I really appreciate all, all of that. And um, again, I think I think uh, the next projects are going to be uh, continuing on the series, and you know, trying to trying to uh, just like any filmmaker or artist, uh, add to uh, the, the the larger series in a, 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 a an interesting way that that speaks to the whole, so that we can create a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, so. Uh, definitely a lot of questions and a lot of ideas in there that are close to, you know, the implementation stage, but, um, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess I don't want to give too much away, uh, because if I do, then, uh, Spoilers. It, yeah, my, my, my tendency is if I, if I say things, uh, before they're ready, I tend not to do them. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I have to keep them, I have to keep them on the down low until, until they're, uh, they're actually done so that I can motivate myself to, to get them done. <laughs> A mystery even to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking about this night spoken video series. Again, for our listeners, we will be putting the link to this video series in the Discord. Go watch it. And if you missed it, um, look for the episode with Raider Lane here on Star Stuff, where we talk about how to preserve the night skies so that hopefully in these profound questions we're asking ourselves, if we didn't have them available, we won't have to see those days, or at least our generations after us will not have to experience you know, the turmoil of not seeing the night sky. Well, thanks so much, Cody. I'm a big fan of the show. I, uh, I admire all the work you do. And again, thanks for having me on. It was a real pleasure to talk with you. This podcast was made possible by our members and donors. 
you enjoyed this episode and want to support our nonprofit in making more digital education like this available, go to lowell.edu slash donate. Thanks for listening.